Bye. 
St. Francis de Sales, 400 years ago, which implies that multitasking has been part of the human experience at least that And here's another one from a scholar. I'm beginning to feel the drunkenness that this agitated, tumultuous life plunges you into, with such a multitude of objects passing before my eyes and of all the things that strike me, there is none that holds my heart, yet all of them together distract my feelings so that I forget where I am and who I belong to. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, 250 years ago. And even all the way back to the 5th century, the Christian desert monks talked about the weariness of soul. They called it the New Day Demon, a serious lack of energy and purposelessness that impacted their prayer and caused distraction and directionless wandering and restlessness. It was very difficult to combat. Weariness, I would argue, is a part of the human condition. And as in every other way, Jesus promises to meet us there. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, as I already mentioned, it is called Good Shepherd Sunday. If you are paying attention to the readings, you've heard that mention a number of times about Jesus being our shepherd. Why the image of shepherd? What does it mean to encounter Jesus in this way? Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd in the Gospel of John twice. In John chapter 10, in other places, he refers to humanity as his flock and that they are a sheep without a shepherd. Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd leaving the 99 to save it. The shepherd image is found throughout the Old and New Testaments and is God's own role for God's people. God is the shepherd of God's people. And none of these are more descriptive than our Psalm 23. Unfortunately, often, Psalm 23 is relegated to one narrow use within our liturgy, and that tends to be vigils with loved ones on deathbeds and funerals. But I want us to reclaim that. I think and encourage you to memorize the psalm if you have not already, because it gives us a glimpse of God's tender care for us in all circumstances. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. It is a testimony to God's character that Jesus would take on the image of a shepherd. Shepherds at the time of Jesus were considered the lowest of the law, the poorest of the poor. And even to this day, historically within this country, there have been periods of time where people did not want to be termed shepherd. They'd rather be rancher or livestock or some sort of other title than shepherd. But this role, this role was the one who cared for the well-being of the sheep, feeding, protecting, nurturing, and healing. Due to the isolation that they often experienced, they had to troubleshoot. They had to find out a predator, or they had to bind a wound, or they had 
God's own chosen home with God's people. God wanted to say, I am in your midst as one who serves. Now, as most things do within the beautiful imagery of our tradition, the image becomes even more complex because Jesus is a shepherd, but he is also, and you heard this in the Revelation passage, the lamb, the lamb that was slain, the lamb of the Passover whose blood protects God's people from death, the lamb that is eaten at the center of the Passover meal, the lamb that is referenced in our own Eucharistic prayer. And in a beautiful turn of the image, God is one of us. God is not just shepherd, God becomes one of the sheep. And so most certainly understands the limits of our human strength from the inside out. Jesus knows that we need good pastures and still waters to drink and community to flock and restoring, guiding, safe paths and hope for a forever home. Jesus has experienced all these needs as human. Jesus was laid in a manger, laid in a feeding trough for livestock, sheep included. The shepherd becomes the lamb and God becomes our spiritual food, the sustained bread and drink for our very lives. In Revelation, our scripture lesson today, they will hunger no more and they will thirst no more, for the lamb at the center of the throne their shepherd. In later language, the Dominican Catherine of Siena writes, You, eternal trinity, are table and food and waiter for us. The 23rd Psalm is not a list of tasks for getting out of weariness. It is a promise of the one who walks during this kind of a season and throughout all lives, even through death. The shepherd has already walked that path and knows that the shepherd has already died and risen from the grave and showed us that death is not the life, the last thing life is. Death is not the last thing life is. And finally, he shows us that there is a table for us in God's own house, overflowing with food and drink, as Revelation passage describes. So, that's all lovely. But I'm still tired. Seminary just moved our entire building. And when I say building, I don't mean offices. I mean copier machines and tables and chairs and paper clips. Every bit had to be moved from one building across the street to another. That might sound like a minor form of weariness, but it was a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. What can we do in our own personal wearinesses, in our own cultural wearinesses? Maybe the past two years of the pandemic has worn you down, slowly but surely. Or maybe this unrelenting cultural conflict or these images of war that we see, war and violence, have sapped your strength. Or maybe you're weary of being lonely, 
or maybe you're weary of this 24-7, do more and do it better. Maybe you're sick of being tired all the time, or maybe you're tired of being sick all the time. Maybe you're finding the demands of the day sink into your nights, stealing your sleep. Or maybe you're just tired because there's a lot of good things going on. Good relationships and good experiences and good work, but just too much of it. Maybe there isn't one concrete reason, but a lot of little things adding up. Here are three suggestions. They're not steps, and they're not promises that this will help in any way. First suggestion, be honest with your shepherd. Be honest with your shepherd. Share your will and weariness with the one who understands the limits. And we often need reminding of those limits. And God does not shame us in those limits. God has experienced those limits. We often talk ourselves out of fearing or dealing with our weariness because we look at someone else saying they have got way worse. I don't have any right to feel weary. No. Don't compare yourself. Just go to the shepherd and talk about what you're experiencing yourself. The beauty of the fact in our passages is that God calls each one of us by name, which means calls me, Susan, weariness. What is your weariness? Becky, Ben, David, Pam, pick on someone over here, me, Giselle. What is your weariness? Bring that to God. The second thing, listen for the voice of the shepherd. So you talk to him, now listen. Jesus tells us in our gospel lesson that the sheep know his voice. And this takes some practice. Sometimes that voice we hear in our head is a, is a culture, or work, or family expectations. And it's not kind. Sometimes that voice in our head is an internal critic, an internal and internal critic, telling us to do more and to do it better. Contrary to what a lot of non-shepherds say, they're actually 
The church is called to show God's love to the world, and we are stronger together as the body of Christ. We can witness to God's love better when we share that responsibility, and when we can help shoulder the challenges of life so that none of us individually are crushed under their weight. So be honest with your shepherd. Listen for the voice of the shepherd. Hang out with the flock. Now listen to the words about who our God is. I invite you to close your eyes and let this sink in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all 